0: Dionisio at the plate, he's over to today. Swakowski, the big right-hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly. And it's... oh, it's raining now. It's time for Rain Delay Theater with Jeremy Dionisio and Jack Swakowski. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the podcast where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And today we will be talking about what five players we would or would not like to be uh, in a playoff bubble with, uh, similar to how the actual MLB players are going to be in a playoff bubble in a couple of weeks. But we'll get to that uh, momentarily. Uh, Jeremy, um, this is episode number 88 of Rain Delay Theater, so we need to pick a 1988 debut. Who do you have?
1: Um I for my nineteen eighty eight debut I have Chris Sabo Jack. Oh
0: Chris Sabo, okay. Uh didn't he didn't he cork his bat?
1: Um yeah, I think he did, right? He did get busted for that at some point. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Chris Sabo, okay, I remember him. He had glasses, right? He had like he had like goggles. He had like yeah, four yeah, right. goggles. Right. Um yeah, I'm trying now, Jeremy, I'm trying to remember who he played with off the top of my head before I look him up. Was he on Baltimore?
1: Um, he was, yeah, (laughs) that's another one of those things, Jack. Yeah, he was on Baltimore in 1994, but I, I would say that if you held a gun at someone's head, uh, I don't know if they'd be able to, (laughs) like, like, recall his Baltimore, uh, stint. (laughs) Um, Mostly he was a Red. Yeah, Uh, okay. He was on the 90 Reds, uh, World Series Champs, and, um, he was, uh, he won the Rookie of the Year in 1988 uh uh-huh. um, with the uh, Reds and uh, I think Walt Weiss won it with the uh, A's that year as well oh, um okay in the American League but um yeah he kind of came on he kind of came on the scene by storm uh or you know whatever uh and um um you know I uh, kind of uh I think he became kind of like a fan favorite I'm looking here and like he debuted at age 26 so it's like <laughs> it's like you know that's one yeah. of those things where it's like if you knew, if you knew what you know now about baseball you'd be like this guy's 26 like what the hell. I mean, I know that you know baseball was a little different back then and they didn't they didn't rush players to the league but um you know 26 is a, is an old rookie for sure.
0: It is. Um I mean, you know that's uh uh like Mike Trout had won two MVPs probably by the time he was 26, you know. Yeah, so absolutely. um yeah, like like you said Jeremy, they uh they they do rush guys uh today. Which is interesting. I mean, maybe they didn't actually need to take their time as much with guys uh, as they did back then. But, uh, yeah, I guess Chris Chris Sabo was uh, basically a finished product by the time he debuted. Because, uh, yeah, like you said, he hit the ground running. He had a couple of good years. I'm looking here. His 1991 season was uh, really good. Um, Played in 153 games, hit 301. Uh, But after that, he only played one full season. So I don't uh, one like one more full season where he played more than 140 games. So I don't know, Jeremy, did he have a thing where was he uh, getting hurt a lot towards the uh, end of his career or? I guess so. I didn't. I
1: don't I'm not. uh, I wasn't as like tuned in, uh, you know, at that point. Um, I yeah, that must have been what it was. Or maybe that was around the time where like there was a cork bat like, uh, you know, drama or something. And he ended up having to like, you know, or like, you know, he just couldn't reclaim and that kind of happened with Sammy Sosa I feel like once he got busted for the cork bat like it kind of like that was kind of like the end of his career I feel like just if I don't know if it was mental or just it just happened to coincide with that but like yeah I feel like he kind of went downhill after that um I think uh uh yeah Sabo like you know never was the same after those that really short stint he ended up on the White Sox at one point uh, for 20 games, uh, and he ended up he ended his career back with the Reds uh, for for uh, maybe like a third of a season or something. But um, yeah, I mean, he was like he was definitely he definitely took the the baseball world by storm, and he um uh you know he had yeah I just I think he was just very noticeable with the with the goggles, and um, they called him like Spuds like like uh, like Spuds McKenzie. Uh, the uh-huh. dog the like uh, Budweiser dog and like it was a very weird thing because it's like I don't know I'm sure why they called him Spuds but like you know that I do you remember Spuds McKenzie Jack
0: I, I don't
1: <laughs> he was a dog he was like a little um I can't remember what kind of dog that is but um he was like the mascot for Budweiser beer uh I'm pretty sure it's Budweiser and um it was just like this dog and like in the in the commercials he would be surrounded by like women in bikinis and stuff. Uh-huh. He was just like a cool dog that like women wanted to fuck or something. I don't, know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't really know. I don't oh, know. Oh man. Why. <laughs> we're not uh
0: we're not we're not going to edit that one out of the uh podcast Jeremy. That one that stays in. <laughs>
1: For sure. <laughs> um so so anyway, so 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 somehow Chris Sable... <laughs> you know, took that, that nickname on, I guess it's, it's McKenzie. Um, and, uh, yeah, he was like a, a cult hero or fan favorite or however you want to put it, but, uh, for, for brief time, but he does have a ring. He's a, has a rookie of the year and a ring. And, um, he's, uh, my pick for the
0: 1988 debut. All right, Jeremy, I love it. Um, yeah, right before we get to, uh, get to my rookie, I will say one of my favorite, uh, baseball parody shirts. That I've ever seen was a shirt with like the Cubs logo and like the Cubs, you know, the word Cubs in it. Uh, it was like one of those logos, but instead of instead of the UBS in the Cubs, it said it said Cork, like the it spelled oh, yes. out Cork. Uh, so yeah, I, I always thought that that was pretty good. That made me laugh. Um, uh, so my uh, my guy is none other than Pat Borders. Uh, nice. Uh, Backup, long-time backup catcher, uh, also an old rookie, made his debut at age 25 in 1988 after seven seasons in the minor leagues. So he was in the minors for quite a long time. He was drafted out of high school, uh, and he hung around a long time, Jeremy. I didn't actually know that, like, he played his last major league game in 2005. Um, So I had had no idea at age 42, so I had no idea... That he had that he that he had hung around that long. Um, I just remembered him as being a backup catcher in like the mid 90s. Um, he was on that Blue Jays 1992 and 93 World Series teams. Uh, he was their everyday catcher on those teams, um, and he was the 1992 World Series MVP. I think he hit 450 with a home run in that World Series. So like the you know he, those were kind of the salad days for him. Um, after after uh, the 92 through 94 seasons, those were kind of his last days as like a regular. Uh, everyday catcher and he um, you know he, uh, he he spent most of the rest of his career as a as a backup journeyman but uh, yeah, he played from one thousand nine hundred and eighty eight to two thousand and five He played for a really long time, caught in over uh, one thousand games um, and i I read this too he played in over uh, eleven 1, hundred minor league games as well he uh, actually played the he actually played the two thousand and six season uh in the in the minor leagues for a while before he retired uh so yeah the guy was just like a baseball lifer uh I read that he's still managing but um yeah he's just one of those backup catchers that hung around for a super long time uh I looked at like his salaries um and he made over you know 10 million dollars at least uh you know in the game so uh yeah he just uh like Pat Borders just a solid backup catcher who hung around for a really long time
1: Yeah, Jack, that's a good pick, and um, I was almost going to, I did pull up his baseball reference while you were talking about him, but um, yeah, I mean, I was going to say, like, didn't he, wasn't he, like, a World Series MVP, and, like, this is maybe, like, um, uh, you know, a future episode, but it's, like, unlikely World Series MVPs, like,
0: yeah, Um, I mean, gotta be right up there. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know, I feel, Jeremy, that that would be a good episode because we uh, there's a lot of guys who, who have won the World Series MVP where you got to kind of scratch your head and be like, really, that guy? I mean, obviously, Steve Pierce, uh, a very recent one, would be, <laughs> would be would be would be up there as well. So like there are absolutely. there are some some super some super weird guys who've done it. But uh, yeah, yeah, Pat Borders is my pick, um, you know, played uh, played in parts of uh, three decades, which is which is always pretty cool.
1: Yeah, for sure. Also a guy who just always looked old too. <laughs> like he He did, he did. older than he was.
0: I don't know it must have been the mustache, Jeremy. I seem to remember Pat yeah. Borders usually rocking a mustache. So Yeah, for sure. Um so there's a uh, there's been a lot of um talk about uh chirping um in Major League Baseball and that that's really the the term that uh this season and that's the term that they're using too. I mean, I I know that that was like a you know has been a term for a long time but like i feel like you're hearing the word chirping more now than you usually do and it seems like there's an instance every single day in baseball this season
1: yeah for sure um yeah it is it is weird jack did you hear i um i don't think anyone uh outside of cincinnati has, has ever heard tj Antone uh speak but um no. did you did you didn't happen to hear like his like press conference or like not even press conference but like his post-game interview um after that whole Cubs Reds uh bench clearing
0: no I I didn't I didn't listen to that no
1: yeah uh yeah again uh, you know I don't even think his family did but um <laughs> uh he was saying that like the Cubs are known in the league as being like one of the loudest teams or whatever like one of uh-huh. the most like chirpiest teams or whatever um as if that was like a bad thing like you know like you go back to like little league and like your team, like cheering for your players. It's like, they're like, I feel like they're like ripping the Cubs for like being vocal and like being into the games. Like, what are you doing cheering when your team does well? Like,
0: yeah, well, and, and then, uh, I think it was just last week. Um, Trevor Bauer pitched against the Reds and like, he said, he was like, yeah, they were chirping the whole time. And like, they were saying bye to me and stuff. And he's like, yeah, that's an interesting thing to say when I was shoving it up their ass for seven and two thirds innings. Um, So that was, so, like, there was that. Um, and, you know, here we go again, like, another instance with the Reds, a Reds guy saying that. Um, yeah. And so, uh, and also, uh, the Cardinals and Brewers, did you see the whole thing that happened last uh, uh, last night with that?
1: Yeah, I watched the video of it uh, just before, like, um, <clears throat> uh, recording here, and I, I still didn't even really, I, I don't really understand what happened. Like, and, and all I know is that Mike Schilt is, like, he still can't shake off those demons of being like a tiny, like doughy guy, like, like baby face. Uh, like he's he's <laughs> he's gotta like, I mean he, he he might have to like you know like, like wrangle a bull or something to like get some sort of like masculine masculinity points because he's he's now he's like running across to like the Brewers dugout to like,
0: like start fights and shit. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So he. Um uh, so, yeah, what happened was, like, I think what instigated the entire thing was, uh, like, you know, a, an ump called a strike against Ryan Braun. And Ryan Braun was like, no, no, you can't call that a strike just because he's mad at you. Um, and by he, he was referring to Yadier Molina. So he was, you know, insinuating that Yadier Molina uh, got strike calls that, you know, other guys didn't.
1: Well, there was a It was catcher's interference, I think.
0: Uh, yeah, so I think on the next play, oh, okay. like, it, I think it was, like, the next pitch. There was like a there was a catcher's inter- like the two Brian Braun and like Yadier Molina like exchanged some words after Ryan Braun said that and then on like the next pitch or just later in that uh, at bat uh, that was when the catcher's interference happened um, and then uh, I think was the, at that point was that when Schilt got thrown out of the game? Yeah,
1: I guess so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think like they came out to check on Yadier Molina or something, and then like you know Schilt said that like he heard something from the Brewers dugout, some chirping. And then uh, he got thrown out, and then I think Craig Council got thrown out as well. Um, uh, so, yeah, so that was, that was ridiculous. And then uh, uh, in, the, in the Padres-Dodgers series, um, you know, Dave Roberts took exception to Trent Grisham watching his home runoff of Clayton Kershaw.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and that you know they were they were bringing up like points about like the Dodgers with with uh, Max Muncie and uh, right. Madison Bumgarner from a couple of years ago.
0: Right, right. Um, you know, so so it seems like uh, everyone is just super sensitive this year, and I it, it has to be part of it has to be the fact that the guys can hear each other more this year. That yeah. that's got it. That's got to be part of it. Yeah, you know,
1: I thought everyone is saying that to a to a to a to a man whatever um i i, I at, at first when i heard that that conversation or that you know that point i thought there was kind of i thought it was kind of lame like like kind of like bs because it's like somehow they manage to hear things when fans are in the stands anyway but i mean i guess like i, I guess i mean like logistically it makes sense like auditorily it makes sense um but i was like I, how come they manage to hear stuff otherwise? I guess I guess they're just hearing more. I mean, maybe they only hear like ten percent of the the shit that's being talked, um, you know, by the other team, and now they're hearing like you know ninety percent or something. I don't know. Right.
0: I, I do. I would like to know, Jeremy, what what the Brewers guy said that like got Schilt kicked out of the game. You know, it was yeah, probably right. some. It would probably. It was probably something funny um and uh yeah i have no idea why craig council got thrown out but i'm sure whatever they said it th- they said to Schilt was uh was good um uh jeremy last night the uh the cubs won on a, a walk off hit by pitch which yep. is certainly pretty rare yep i would say
1: so um uh, except for maybe if um you know you put nick Whitgren back in the game uh again because uh the the guy couldn't the guy Seemingly had no idea where his pitches were going, um, except for maybe the first one that kind of almost hit Wilson Contreras, Jack. I was watching the game, and um, <clears throat> listen, uh, whenever I can add another um, like member to the, like, I won't even say Rain Delay Theater, uh, I'll just say the Jeremy Dionisio Hall of Assholes, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm more than i'm more than like you know eager to do that and nick whitgren is um our newest uh charter member of that of that that uh that uh esteemed class um, okay so yeah so like um i guess what there maybe were two on or something at that point uh yeah like i think it was like first and third like rizzo and bryant and then uh contreras was up <clears throat> and um there was, like, a, a pitch, or, like, Woodgren went into his windup, and I guess <clears throat> Wilson called um, timeout. And uh, it was one of those things where Woodgren was, like, in the rotation and then had to, like, you know, they called time while he was in the rotation, uh, in the windup, so he had to, like, you know, stop. And I, I know that that gets, an, like, that annoys pitchers. Um, so then the next pitch, um, he throws, and he, like, almost hits fucking Wilson Contreras in the face. Like, he... He fires it, like, way up high, and uh, Wilson Contreras has to, like, like, bail out, and, like, he, like, um, <clears throat> he had to hit the dirt hard, and um, they cut back to Whitgrin, and, like, he, they the camera caught him giving this, like, fucking, like, shit-eating grin back to, like, the catcher, um, and uh, I don't need to, I don't need to give him the benefit of the doubt. I, I chose to read that as, like, it's like, yeah, I'll, you know, let's see if he calls timeout again, fucker, you know? Right. Um, and uh, that's totally what the face looked like. Whether or not, like it was like, well, I better watch out. I'm gonna kill somebody, you know. Sure. Um, you know, I think uh, um, it uh, it 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 didn't it didn't look good. And then the, like the next pitch, like or, well, the next pitch he swung through, but the, the pitch, um, the the second and next pitch, whatever, he hit Wilson Contreras like in the in the hand back. Yeah. In the hand. And Wilson Contreras was pissed. He went down to first base. And, uh, and then um, Cameron Mabin came up with a chance to be a hero, and he ends up getting hit, like, in the fucking, like, like right under his arm and then, you know, walk in, uh, win or whatever. So, like, Mabin was, like, a hero, but only because he got hit. Um, <laughs> I, I felt bad because, like, you know, maybe he could have got, like, a hit or a, a, wa- a, a sack fly or something and, you know, r- like, won, won the game uh, uh, dominantly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it didn't, it didn't, uh, turn out Jack. I, I have to say, I'm sorry. I'm a little distracted cause I have the Cubs game on right now. Uh-huh. And they're being delayed because of a drone. Really? <laughs> yes. I saw, I'm like looking at the thing and like every, every player is like going off the field right now and like, they're all looking in the sky and there's straight up a drone flying over the field.
0: Man, I wonder. (laughs) I wonder whose drone that is, Jeremy. You know, you you gotta, you gotta. As a drone owner yourself, like, you know, maybe, maybe you're you're gonna got to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. I mean, sometimes you can lose track of those drones. You know. Well,
1: maybe even Jack. I'm saying it live on the air right now to uh, exonerate myself. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't be me. I'm here recording Rain Delay episode number eighty-eight. So. I guess we'll hear more about that in the coming days. That that already was a drone delay in one of the games uh, earlier this year. So it, it's not they're not breaking any new ground if that if that's what they're trying to do. But uh, it was a bit distracting here for your your venerable host trying to shit talk Nick Whitgren. Um, but uh, but anyway, so Whitgren like so then I don't know like Whitgren hits Maven and like you know loses the game and he walks off the field like oh man I can't believe it but like. He just looks like a fucking asshole. I think he was throwing at Wilson Contreras on purpose, thinking, like, okay, well, I'll you know, I'll, I'll get him with this next couple of pitches. And then he was, like, totally thrown off, like, and he couldn't throw a fucking strike again. And so he loses the game. Uh, fuck him. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, Nick Woodgren never did anything worthy of me thinking he was an asshole. But now he's he's managed to get himself on the radar by by. By means of that, and so uh, he's on, he's on the list, Jack, and um, we'll move on. And hopefully, the Cubs can uh, can pull one out tonight against the, the Indians.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, also, Jeremy, you know, with a with like a walk off hit by pitch, like you know, do you, do you mob the guy who got hit by the pitch, or like uh, you know, I I didn't see it. I don't know. I don't know what the team's reaction was to to uh, you know been getting hit. But you know, usually when the when the winning run scores, like the team like you know storms the field. But like that's kind of an anticlimactic thing to like uh, storm the field for, you know?
1: Yeah, they did. They did kind of like they did kind of roll out onto the field, and they did like um, it was kind of a muted celebration. But but Maven did throw his his arms in the air and kind of like a faux celebration. But I he got the place where he got hit like it was so he's uh he was batting a righty and it was like right under his like left like kind of like in his armpit basically. Sure. And like goddamn that that had to have hurt, but.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. But uh yeah, winning the game maybe takes the sting out of it a little bit. Um sure. we had uh we had talked Jeremy last week uh, briefly about the NFL um and uh the game in Kansas City which was going to have fans. Uh and I, I Jeremy I guess it turns out that the people in Kansas City don't like unity.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, if you saw if you saw my um my tweet uh it was a bit harsh for anyone who like maybe, you know, would like to <laughs> try to see a baseball game or a football game, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, and, and I, you know, I, I tie this all into the fact that, um, uh, you know, um, today, this, this week in baseball, uh, they announced that, uh, the playoffs are going to be held like in remote, uh, locations and in bubbles basically. And even, but slightly before that, Rob Manfred had said that he had hoped, uh, that, Fans would be able to attend games, uh, the the playoff games. Um, I will say, like, yeah, you know, we were talking about the uh, the virtues of of the NFL having some some stadiums with uh, fans in them, and luckily they were able to to get fans into Kansas City so they could just boo uh, a moment of unity between the players. Because uh, <laughs> what what more of a worthy cause than to boo than that? Um, so uh, there were some good tweets going around. Lance Lance Briggs of all people had like a pretty poignant tweet about all that and. Uh, you what know, what what was what was it? Well, it's I, I don't I'm like it's almost like too political to get into. Like it's 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 certainly uh, poignant and and true. But basically saying that how like fans will um you know they'll they'll boo the players expressing themselves, but when they're bashing each other's brains and they cheer so sure uh, it's just another thing that i have against the nfl quite honestly and uh i don't even want to go there really because it just opens up too much of a can of worms I, i'd like to try to keep i like to temper the, the little pepperings of of p- political talk with with some humor this i feel like i find no humor in this so uh, <laughs> i can't i don't really know where to go with it but um but yeah so uh, it's um yeah i it's uh it, what, what can you say it's the nfl i guess um but uh, in terms of how it applies to baseball, um, yeah, we have this um, – it's, it's set. Uh, the, uh, basically, the uh, NL playoffs are going to happen in um, Texas, in uh, Arlington and, and Houston, uh, and the uh, ne- uh, American League playoffs are going to happen in uh, Petco uh, in San Diego and Los Angeles. Am I right, Jack?
0: Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, you are. And um, uh, I was going to say – so it's basically, they're taking place – uh, in in places where it's very unlikely to rain or for there to be bad weather at that time of year,
1: yeah, and to have two stadiums like relatively close, like close ish, you know, and um, right. So so yeah, and the players are going to bubble up in those uh, cities um, for only the division series on. Like the first round of the playoffs are going to happen in the home park. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 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 a screwy system. I saw some tweets from a. a Justin Turner saying like you know we were fine this whole year why do we have to quarantine now and I think the whole reason is because like they can't trust the players from not going to a a strip club or a casino or wherever so that's why
0: Justin sorry Um, right yeah
1: you can can talk to the Cardinals about that or the Marlins
0: yeah I mean uh you know Jeremy it was fine for them to shut down games during the regular season because uh you know for the most part they've been able to make up you know, the lion's share of those games. But if the playoffs were to shut down because of a positive COVID test, um, you know, and they had to shut down a series for a whole week or three days, like, first of all, that's going to throw off, like, all of the TV networks and stuff because I would assume that, you know, most of these games are now going to be on Fox or whoever has the deal this year. So that's going to screw with all that. And, like, you know, Justin Turner, dude, it's only, like, a month. It's a month, man. Like, just, yeah. just, just deal with it. Um you know your team might get knocked off in the first round, and then you're and then you're good and then you're done, exactly, so by the Marlins, yeah, and I think they said, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, and I think they said too the players families will be able to attend the games, right,
1: yeah, yeah, they said or uh, i mean they even were i I read something about like making arrangements for them to be in the bubble as well, yeah, so like yeah i don't know man it's like it the thing is like no solution is perfect like it's it's there it's 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 not there's going to be some sacrifices somewhere and it's like, I know these guys want to play baseball. I know the fans want to see baseball. So it's like, yeah, I think like it's not perfect, but you, you might just have to suck it up for like a month or whatever. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I, I mean, no one's telling me I, I'm not in a situation where I have to like leave my wife for like a month. So I understand it's easier said than done, but like, it's it's just it is what it is i don't know i mean uh it's just an unfortunate uh, situation it's a tough situation i think like everyone has to make sacrifices and i mean i i don't know it's i i it's not like it's i don't think it's a thing where it's like hey shut up and get out there and play it's it's just like it's it's not good for anybody but people want baseball to, including the players so it's like they just have to do it i guess you know
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, we'll see what what happens, Jeremy. But I'm, uh, you know, hopefully none of the games actually get shut down. But uh, it should be an interesting playoffs with 16 teams making it this year. It, it feels like a, a little bit like anybody can anybody can win it. You know, usually a lot of the times um, the playoffs are just about who gets hot at the right time. I think that happened with the Nationals. So uh, yeah, we could really see uh, potentially an, an interesting uh, outlier team win this year.
1: There, there there's so many weird like um, dynamics to it. Like, okay, there's gonna be no off days. Like, within the series, Um, the uh, the first series is best of three, right? The first round. So it's like, I mean, that's scary as a team, as it's as a fan of a team who's um, going to probably have home field advantage um, in that first round. You know, like if the Cubs play the right now, like I think if the season ended, they would play the Phillies. Yeah. And, you know, the first two games of the series, they would face Aaron Nola and uh, Zach Wheeler. And that's not going to be easy. In fact, I'm not actually sure if teams are I don't know if teams are going to be able to, like, line up their rotations. So I don't I don't know. It it would be an interesting scenario where, like, the Phillies, like, needed, like, you know, one of those guys to to go at the end of the season and wouldn't be able to use them until like maybe like a game three or something. I don't know.
0: Right. Um, yes, it would. Uh, yeah. Who do you think would uh, would be starting for the Cubs, uh, Jeremy, in those three games?
1: Well, that's that's the other thing. Is like I don't I don't feel particularly like lights out confident about n- maybe Darvish. Like game one, I would feel confident yeah. with, but like you know you'd have to go um, Kyle Hendricks uh, game two, definitely, and then, and then game three. I guess you would probably go Lester just for the for the the nod, but um, we. we we haven't really even talked about the Alec Mills no hitter uh sorry to Alec mills i that was the highlight of my weekend uh even though the Bears had a miraculous comeback in the fourth quarter but um yeah i mean i don't I don't think Mills has been awesome actually this year, but I don't know if you start i think like I don't know what would happen if if you if you if David Ross went into the clubhouse to tell John Lester Mills is starting game three over over John Lester I don't know that would be the end of their friendship, I think.
0: Mhm. Yeah, I I agree Jeremy. Uh Lester did just have a good outing uh against the Brewers. So yeah. maybe he's uh you know maybe he if he can have another good outing uh before the season ends maybe he earned himself that game 3 start.
1: Yeah, he's had a good outing tonight even against the uh the Indians.
0: Yeah, so it looks like he's trying to prove himself. I mean, I've never been the biggest John Lester fan, but uh, it doesn't seem like he has much left in the tank. I kind of wouldn't be surprised if he retired after this season. So, um, you know, it'd be nice to see him go out on a on a positive note.
1: For sure, yeah. Um, so that I guess brings us to our topic for the episode. Then, like, um, you know, the the players are going to be bubbling. They're going to actually be like putting going into a bubble, like the last week. Is it like the last week of the season of the regular season too? Jack? Is that right?
0: So I had not heard that, but it's possible.
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, but it's all, it's all kind of confusing anyway, because like, you know, I think within that last week of the season, there's going to be two series. So some team is going to be traveling in the middle. So then they won't be in the bubble. Like, but I I don't know. So, but yeah, there's what I had heard is they're supposed to be like, you know, say the Cubs or whatever. If they're playing at home, the last, they're actually on the road the last two weeks of the season, although they play the white Sox for the last three, but they're supposed to like bubble. They're supposed to like quarantine themselves, um, for the end. And then obviously also for the playoff series as well. So it got us to thinking like, who would you, um, want to bubble with, uh, in, uh, in the, like amongst baseball, uh, personalities, I guess. Um, and, uh, you know, I think you think about the, 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 the scenarios of like, the camaraderie possibly of like being with like your teammates and having fun and, you know, having some yucks or something. And, and, you know, because you are away from your family theoretically in this bubble. Um, so, you know, it's like a bonding moment, but then when you think about like some of the more undesirable players, uh, that, that may be on your team that you wouldn't want to be in a bubble with, uh, let alone be on the same team with and see them just for a couple hours a day. So it got us thinking, uh, and, uh, we, um, we both, uh, you know, went off to our, uh, our drawing boards and came up with a uh, a, a scenario um, of different bubble groups that uh, we will be presenting to the other person uh, to have to pick who their bubble will be. Um, if that if that makes sense. So basically, um, we each like kind of broke off and we created three different uh, choices for the other person uh, with uh, five different people in the bubble. And uh, so I will present three groups to Jack, Jack will present three groups to me, and we have to pick one of those to, to, uh, which bubble to join essentially.
0: Okay. Um, uh, so yeah, Jeremy, uh, should we go, um, uh, let's see, he- let's hear, let's hear your first group of five guys.
1: All right. Um, so, uh, for my five, Jack, this is a uh, bubble option. Number one. Yeah. Should you choose to accept it? Um, in this bubble you have Fernando Tatis mm-hmm. Jr. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, fun-loving guy, like exciting guy, maybe the most talented player in baseball right well, now. depending on who
0: you ask, Jeremy. De- depending on who you ask, he's fun-loving. You know.
1: It- well, well, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> okay. Um, second choice or second uh, player in the bubble, Javier Baez. Oh, okay, okay. Remember, this is for Jack now. Yeah. All right. Um, third person in the bubble, Jessica Mendoza.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Uh, fourth person in the bubble, Joe West. Oh, all right. <laughs> and fifth person in the bubble, Chris Woodward.
0: Oh, okay, okay, right, right. Uh, yeah, so we, we can, uh, you know, managers are on the table here. Obviously, they're going to be in the bubble too, right? Um, yeah,
1: I, I kind of went, I kind of went, uh, you know, like pan uh, baseball. So there's an announce, we got an announcer in there, an umpire, a manager, and a couple players.
0: Nice, nice. Okay, okay. Um, uh, so Jeremy, are we going to do this like? Uh, you're going to present all three of the bubbles to me, and then I have to pick one. Or do we should should we analyze this bubble first and what it would be like? Um,
1: Why don't you? Um, I, I think we can take turns, and then we can give our ultimate. Uh, we can give maybe like a little summary, and then like a final final choice. But um, we can kind of run down this one real quick. Okay. Obviously, you know, uh, you know. Uh, well, Jack, what are your thoughts? What are your initial thoughts about this bubble? Tatis well, Baez, Jessica Mendoza, Joe West, and Chris Woodard.
0: Well. um... Uh so I, I feel like uh you know Jessica Mendoza is someone who uh you know a- allows herself to sometimes be steamrolled by like uh fucking like big mouth idi- idiots on uh yeah. you know on on Sunday night baseball uh, namely Arod and uh Matt Vaskarjan. um so uh I guess I guess what you have is uh, uh I mean you have you have her and then you have, uh, you know, four guys who, uh, who aren't shy about, um, you know, expressing their respective opinions. So I, w- I would like to like maybe see Jessica Mendoza, like, uh, speak up a little bit and assert herself. Um, mm-hmm. I think that she's used to being around people whose opinions are wrong most of the time. So she would be able to handle Joe West and Chris Woodward, uh, pretty well. Um, I think that, uh. Fernando Tatis and Javi Baez would be like, you know, would be like fast friends. They, uh, I feel like they would be, um, you know, they would like be going uh, to like breakfast together and kind of doing everything together. Like those two kind of seem like peas in a pod to me. Um, And I feel like the same with like Chris Woodward and Joe West, like something just tells me that those two guys would would see eye to eye on (laughs) on just about everything. Um, I don't know, what do you think, Jeremy? So it's like, yeah, you have you, know, the, you have these two factions of of guys, and then you have like Jessica Mendoza, who's like the wild card,
1: and and you too potentially. Oh, um,
0: and me potentially, um, and me. And I mean, uh, yes. I, like I, you know, Jessica Mendoza and I, we know each other already. So it's like, there, <laughs> well, there you go. That's why
1: she's in your bubble. Yeah, that's why I I can't remember the exact term you you use, but I, you know, you were bewitched <laughs> by Jessica Mendoza. I think you said you were taken. <laughs> Yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I had I had what they
0: call a fangirl moment. Um, yeah, for sure. So you know, sure. so, I, you
1: know had, yeah, had to had to throw her in there, Jack. Um, and uh, you know, maybe Tatis uh, would be in there just because he's you know he's an exciting player to be around. Um, but then you know, obviously you have uh, Joe West and, and Chris Woodward there as well. So um, it's a it's an interesting choice there. Uh, you know, I think. Uh, we'll, we'll see we'll see uh, how the other ones stack up and you can you can make your choice on your bubble, but uh, why don't we move on jack then uh, to your uh, your bubble for me okay, please. yeah,
0: sure all right so um, so jeremy uh, i'm going to start off with an all timer here, uh, babe Ruth um, and That's je- interesting yeah, yeah so Jeremy, um, you know we, we did say that we could do all timers, so like you know players from from uh, from any era. So I, uh, th- this is one of the only older guys that I chose. But so Babe Ruth uh, would be my number one guy. And, in, uh, you know, people of Rain Delay Theater, you may remember Babe Ruth as the uh, guy that Jeremy and I very controversially chose as the, as the best baseball player of all time. Uh, to quote, yeah, yeah to quote uh, Lee Child, who's the author of the... Uh, Uh, the Jack Reacher novels, to paraphrase a a line of his from those novels, that was more controversial than the most controversial thing you could possibly fathom. So it was, uh, yeah, so that was a big decision. So yeah, Babe Ruth uh, is number one. Number two is Madison Bumgarner in this bubble. Uh, Number three is Carlos Gomez. Number four is Yadier Molina. And number five is John Lackey. So you've got Babe Ruth, Madison Bumgarner, Carlos Gomez, Yadier Molina, and John Lackey.
1: <laughs> Jack, you're not giving this one. Okay, wait. Um, Ruth, Bum, Mad Bum, Carlos Gomez, Lackey. I'm, who? Who did I forget? Yadier Molina. Oh yeah, of course Yadier. Um, this wow, this is a tough sell, Jack. I mean, <laughs> I used to like I used to like Madison Bumgarner, like his first year in the league, because like I thought he was kind of a a non dominant. Uh, like, rubber-armed lefty, but um, all he had to do was start kind of establishing his personality for me to just begin to loathe his ass. Um, uh, You know, Babe Ruth is definitely the saving grace here. I think, like, it would be fun to drink with Babe Ruth and have some hot dogs and, (laughs) um, you know, pick his brain and stuff, Um, but um, the rest of this group uh, really makes me want to, um, you know eat some rat poison or something Um, so this is uh this is an interesting one I I I wonder if it only goes down from here um and and I'm stuck with this so we'll we'll see but um John Lackey and Yadier Molina just I would um I would maybe choose to eat a uh, COVID brownie uh, before (laughs) (laughs) bubbling with these with those two at least um Carlos Gomez uh, I don't know I I don't necessarily have anything against him That, that's, that one, (laughs) there's more, maybe more Jack showing in that pick. Yeah, right. um, Yeah, but we'll see, we'll see. Okay, so that's uh, food for thought there with that, with that group. Um, But uh, this will streamline very nicely into my uh, group, too, for you, Jack. Okay. Um, So, uh, number one, well, I'll switch him from the second position to the first position. Number one, I have Babe
0: Ruth, Jack. Oh, wow, so you have Babe Ruth, too. Okay, I love it. All right. Yeah, Babe
1: Ruth, I got Jim Tomey. Okay. Okay. I have Christian Yelich. Oh, all right. I have Trevor Bauer, and I have Clint Hurdle.
0: Ooh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I like it here. Okay, so it's, uh, it's Ruth. Uh, who is the second guy? Jim Tomey. Ruth, uh, Jim Tomey, um, Christian Yelich, uh, Trevor Bauer, and Clint Hurdle. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's an interesting one, Jeremy. Like you said, uh, Babe Ruth seems like he would have been a fun guy to party with just like a fun, just a, a, a good old, like fun loving guy. Uh, loved to drink and loved to, love to eat. And he did everything in a, in a big way. Um, then you've got Jim Tomey. Uh, so, so it's like, you've got two like left-handed, uh, sluggers. So, you know, that's really interesting. A couple of left-handed sluggers who hit, uh, Hit more than 600 home runs in their career. I always, I always like Jim Tomey, Always one of my favorite players. Um, they, they
1: say that Jim, Co- they say that Jim Tomey is like known as like the nicest guy in the history of baseball. Right,
0: right, yeah. Um, so yeah, super cool guy, had a great career, and then you have another left-handed slugger, uh, Christian Yelich, um, and then you have uh, uh, Trevor Bauer, and then you have uh, a, a just a big lump of steak in the you know in the <laughs> corner, uh, Clint Hurdle. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. Um, so Jeremy, yeah, that's an interesting one. I uh, so I feel like Trevor Bauer obviously is a big like student of the game, and so he would love talking to Babe Ruth. And I don't know if you heard this story, Jeremy, but it was a couple of weeks ago. It was when Christian Yelich started the season in a huge slump. Um, Pete Rose called Christian Yelich up, and he was like, uh, he was like, hey, like listen, I see you keep like you're like beating yourself like you need to you need to get off the plate a little bit more because like you're just you're swinging at like sliders you're swinging at stuff that isn't strikes so like you know get get off the plate a little more and then so like you know pete rose gave him all this advice and then like uh kristen yelich like actually started hitting a little bit he's still yeah i mean he's probably hitting like 209 or something right now so he's still not having a very good season but um but yeah pete rose like gave Christian yelich some some hitting advice so like to to have Babe Ruth in that room, like maybe Babe Ruth could also give Christian Yelich some hitting advice, and he could hit mm-hmm. even more than that. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, like, and just so like having those three guys talk hitting, and then like Trevor Bauer in there, who obviously would like have his own opinions, uh, would be cool. He could, he could tell, he, Trevor Bauer would also be able to tell me how to do Twitter better, um, yeah. like do yeah, the social yeah. media a little bit better, so I could learn that from him. And uh, like, you know, Clint Hurdle, uh, I don't know. Maybe I could try to knock him over or something like that, like like Dave <laughs> Bell did. You know, I don't know.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Just everyone takes a. Clint Hurdle could be like a literal punching bag, or like like in Rocky when he's punching the slab of meat. It's like, like <laughs> yeah, here you go, Jack. Just practice. You could practice like your cardio or whatever, like your your like your stamina, like by just beating him, like, and he wouldn't feel it in
0: his, in his body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um... for sure. Okay, so that's a good one, Jeremy. I think that one might have a lot of potential as far as who I'd want to be with. So I like that one a lot. Um, okay, uh, so here we go for the next one, Jeremy. Um, for you, for you, we're gonna have uh, the, your first guy is gonna be Sammy Sosa. Okay. Second guy is Lenny Dykstra. Uh, the third guy is Zach Greinke. The fourth guy is Bud Norris, and the the fifth guy is Scooter Jeanette. <laughs> <laughs>
1: very nice oh man <laughs> alright this is a good one this is an interesting one um, you know so Jack this is a little like kind of window into um, into the uh, like the process of doing this um, well actually yeah so like I, 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 I divided like a bunch of potential guys into like three lists basically like heels uh, faces or like you know nice guys and then like controversial guys where maybe we have differing opinions or like it could it could vary on how you take it and does uh, Granky actually now that I'm looking I did have Granky in my heels uh, category but also I think I mean listen if if you can somehow um, find a way to like coexist with with a Trevor Bauer and and see like. I I really want to like I I will admit here uh you know on episode number eighty eight that I would like to like Trevor Bauer, um, I just don't know where he's coming from and like I think the initial things like that that kind of stood out to me were like his um and I don't I know that I'm talking about Trevor Bauer and he's not in this category at all sure but, um his the initial things like that that I remember first from kind of hearing from him other than the fact that like he like every team that he was on hated his ass because of his like stupid routines that he would do, um, was like criticizing Apple, his iPhone for having like too many, uh, um, left leaning news stories pop up in his, in his phone. So I'm like, you know, this guy is, uh, you know, whatever tinfoil hat guy, maybe or something, but he has said some like kind of interesting food for thought, I guess. Um, on other aspects. And I definitely like that. He went after the Astros sure. um, and, and Garrett Cole. Um, so I, I do want to like, uh, Trevor Bauer. And so I'll, I'll tie that into Zach Greinke because I kind of put him in the same category, even though Greinke is never, he's, he hasn't spoken out that much. He's just a general weirdo. Um, and you know, I think like I've I've been friends with with weirdos in the past, and I've you know you can kind of see like you, there's there's ways you can connect with weirdos and stuff, and so like maybe it would be interesting to hang around Zach grinky as opposed to just being annoying because he's such a weirdo. Um, so I would try to put it, I try to put him in like the like neutral category or like you know like the 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 split category. Uh, Sosa, um, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Sosa never seemed like a bad guy, but just totally an annoying guy like totally full of himself totally um a selfish player at times uh but always was like kind of had the exterior of being a nice guy kind of so he's uh polarizing i i, I guess like uh to say the least maybe um dykstra again like is generally a seemingly like a bad dude but like Maybe could be um, fun to hang out with if you have no stakes in the game. You know, if, if you're not like his son or his 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 wife or something. Like maybe it would be fun to kind of hang out with him. Um, Bud Norris is just uh, uh, anus, you know, <laughs> just like a, a, a just a just a butthole uh, in general. Um, and Scooter Jeanette is uh, yeah, not even worth <laughs> not even worth talking about. Um, so this is a this is a tough one um man I don't know this is a tough one I think I would what I would try to do is like try to get like Z- uh, Lenny Dykstra to like be against like Bud Norris's like uh, viewpoints and then maybe they would just like kick each other's asses or like he would like beat down Bud Norris and make him like just shut his mouth so like we could just kind of all coexist. But um, that's about the way that I only way I could seem like hand, see like handling this group of five, um, <laughs> you know, uh, miscreants. Um, so uh, so yeah, again, another interesting. Uh, I'll, I'll say this it's making bubble one look look, look not so bad. Well, right well, now. hey, hey,
0: Jeremy, let, let me try let me try to sell you on bubble number two. So first of all, we all know that Sammy Sosa used to have a boombox that he would blast. So Zach yeah, sure. Zach, Zach Ranke, <laughs> being the the psycho that he is now now what happened with Sammy Sosa's boombox was that uh I think it was Kerry Wood uh just took like a baseball bat to it on like the last day of the 2004 season um but like Zach Granke I mean he's way too like cerebral and also possibly too psychotic to like just have like a a a baseball bat taken to that boombox so like I don't know what Zach Grenke would do to Sammy Sosa um, about this annoying boombox, but it's like it might, you know, it might involve like some kind of sadistic prank that would go way too far, or like you know, yeah. killing Sammy Sosa in his sleep or something like that. I don't, I don't know, but uh, that could be very entertaining to see. Um, and Granky would be like, "What? What? I don't. What was so? Did I go too far?" <laughs> uh, Bud Norris, um, he likes hazing. A lot. And, uh, you know, Jeremy, we were talking about that article with Scooter Janet in the last podcast where Scooter Jennet apparently loves to be hazed. You know, like, Scooter Jennet's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like, Bud Norris would make, like, Scooter Janet go down to the, you know, go down to eat uh, the Continental Breakfast in, like, a diaper. And Scooter Janet would be like, yeah, like, this is what the big leagues is all about right here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that, you know, that's potentially funny. And, yeah, like I said, Lenny, you know, like you were saying, Lenny Dykstra... Uh, could be a, a fun guy to hang out with just don't uh, just don't let him talk you into like any of his get-rich-quick schemes You know
1: yeah, once, once he starts talking about a car wash, you know run like break the bubble and
0: get out of it <laughs> um, Okay, so yeah, that was my second one Jeremy
1: Very nice very nice. Yeah, these are some tough I'm saying like going from like, you know across the board. These are these are gonna be some tough choices and we'll, we'll see what bubble number three holds Oof. yeah, uh, Jack okay. For your bubble number three, um, we have the uh, the announcer category. Oh, okay, okay. All right? Or or like the broadcast, let's say, category. So, um, in bubble number three, you have Hawk Harrelson. Okay. You got Len Casper. Okay. You got Tom Brenneman. Okay. You got Mark Grace, of course. Oh man. And <laughs> and and number five, you got Eric Estrada.
0: Oh goodness! Yeah. Well, hey, he did appear. He did appear in a major league, uh, uh, uh you know, thing, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm, i I'm breaking. I'm bending the rules just slightly. No. But you know, he he's notorious in in major league baseball. I would say for for that that appearance, at least on Reign-Delay Theater, he is. Okay.
0: Okay. I like it. Um. Uh. Yeah. Okay. I, I love this one, Jeremy. So uh, uh, remind me who who is the we had Hawk Harrelson, we had Len Casper, we have uh, Tom Brenneman, we have uh, uh, who's the fourth guy? Mark Grace. Oh, yeah, wonderful. Mark Grace and then Eric Estrada, right? So, um, yes. uh, So yeah, okay, so first of all, you know, um, one thing that Len Casper said about Eric Estrada, I think it was like, what was it, the fucking real world or something that Eric Estrada was on? Um, the surreal life? The surreal, it? Yeah, it was the surreal yeah. life, yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, you know, he said he said to Eric Estrada, he's like, you came off really well. Uh, so, like, you know.
1: <laughs> you're Len Casper. <laughs> yeah,
0: that was my Len Casper. Did you like it? Uh, that's,
1: that's awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, Eric Estrada, like you know, he would be the the peacekeeper. You know, uh, he's like, yeah, you know, my my, uh, my wife said to me, she's like, you know, you need to you need they need to see the person and the father that you are or whatever. And so I think that that would really uh, that would really come out, you know. And there's that one part when like Eric Estrada's like. Uh, you know, going through all the names, and he's like, oh, Rochelle, she was a sweetheart when she wasn't drinking, you know, and I feel like, (laughs) I feel like that's what he would say about Mark Grace, you know, like, he's a, he's a sweetheart when he isn't drinking, um, and then, uh, uh, yeah, so, uh, then there's that, and, um, oh man, what does he say about, uh, uh, yeah, he's like, and then he goes, uh, so now I'm just going full on quoting this fucking uh Eric Estrada thing again, my favorite thing to do yeah. on the podcast. But I don't think I I don't think I'm uh, I've said this one yet. But he uh he's like Tammy Faye, you know, uh yeah, she she walks the talk, you know. She really is all about Jesus. So you know, I wanted to protect her. Um so You know, there's a lot of big there's a lot of big personalities, you know, so even though I'm not really all about Jesus, like maybe Eric Estrada would like protect me or, you know, like he says about Kid Rock, you know, he's like or not, not Kid Rock, uh, uh, Vanilla Ice. You know, he's like, yeah, so I get there, you know, and I run right into Vanilla Ice. But, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm twice his age, you know, so I decided to raise him, Uh, you know, so also it's like that's, you know, maybe that's what Eric Estrada would do with me. You know, he would he would decide to decide to raise me. You know, yeah. um,
1: the, the, the options are endless, Jack. There was another person who he said he wanted to ring her neck, right? Yeah, I he's like, he's like, out. yeah,
0: you know, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to stab her in the neck with this pencil, you know. Uh, 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 uh. And then he like starts laughing, and they, they try to laugh too. It's fantastic. I probably quoted this one a million times, uh, but when uh, when he's like Ron Jeremy, Ron, Jer- oh, what a blessed guy. He's like, he's like, let me tell you something. He's a certified special education teacher you put him in front in front of a piano or really any instrument really and he'll he'll play anything from Mozart to jazz you know so I don't think he would be as impressed with uh with me as he was with Ron Jeremy but uh <laughs> no, no, you no. know hopefully he likes me Len Casper is really good at like smoothing things over as we saw with the Mark with the Mark Grace thing um you know and like the meathead comment that he made so like yeah Len Casper is great at like diffusing awkward moments and and smoothing things over, so I think like between him and Eric Estrada, you'd have two real peacekeepers there. Um, yep. You know, Hawk Harrelson, uh, you know, obviously a really a really big personality. I feel like he would, but he wouldn't. I feel like he wouldn't like Len Casper. You know, I don't think they ever worked together, did they, Jeremy?
1: No, I, I can't recall them ever really like yeah being together or interacting.
0: I feel like I feel like Hawk Harrelson would be like. Um, like kind of intimidated by Len Casper, or like uh, you know, it's like he wouldn't he wouldn't like Len Casper because Len Casper is like a really clever, funny, like witty guy, and I think mm-hmm. that I think that Hawk Harrelson would like he would try to kind of bully Len Casper.
1: Um, totally, he would he would probably maybe even start a fight with him just to be like, "Are you? Let's see if you're a real
0: man." Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. He would definitely give Len Casper a nickname or like call him Lenny or something. Um, yeah. So I feel like those two would butt heads, but like Casper is so classy. That like he would he would definitely like defer to Hawk um and then yeah uh tom brennerman uh you know what what else what else is there to say you know he would uh yeah, like you know he would um he would fucking like he would steal uh you know or like he would like drink all of the drinks from like the mini bar and then like when he as he and eat all the food, and then as, as he was like apologizing to the rest of us uh like you know Nick Castellanos would hit a home run and he would have to have to like interrupt himself, you know, or something. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I like that one, Jeremy. That might be the one I would, uh, that might be the one I would go with, but we'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to recap. We'll have to see.
1: Well, we can do it right now, Jack. Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: right, since, um,
1: or no, or you have your, thir- you, you have your third
0: one, yeah. I do. Let's
1: do that, and then, yeah, we'll give you some time to sit with those those options. <laughs> okay,
0: okay, yeah, I gave you some tough ones here, Jeremy, so that you're going to like this last one. Okay, so for the third one, we have Ricky Henderson is the first guy, Aubrey Huff is the second guy. Ah, you fucker. Bryce Harper is the third guy, uh, Jonathan Papelbon is the fourth guy, and, oh. and Sean Doolittle is the fifth guy.
1: Oh, Matt, Jack, you devious bastard. Yeah, yeah, there that you go. That is a good one.
0: Damn it, that's a good one.
1: Fuck. <clears throat> man, you know, and, and can one person carry a bubble? Let's. That's <laughs> what this test is going to be right here. And not even, I mean, I don't even want to, like, I was I was sold on Ricky because I, god damn, I love Ricky. Yeah. Um, and Doolittle's a nice bonus, but then when you think about the other guys in there, god damn, man. Uh, this is a devious, devious bubble um <laughs> wow yeah jack you are uh looking at these at these bubbles across the board you are a, a, an evil mastermind for sure <laughs> um this is good stuff i mean ricky i say of all these guys even more than babe ruth i think ricky henderson would be fun as hell to hang out with yeah sure. yeah um i've been um, Rick,
0: ricky ricky would agree with you there you know yeah, um, exactly
1: yeah and that's a quote that's a direct quote from him <laughs> Um. Yeah. That would that would be awesome. And I, I, I almost have to say, of all the people in this, even Lackey, uh, Yadi, and and Butt Norris, I would have to say that Aubrey Huff is my least favorite of all these people. Just the biggest turd.
0: Yeah. You know. And you you should you should feel that way, Jeremy. Yeah. Aubrey Huff. I don't know if you ever like look at his Twitter. Um. But like he, he strictly like postings for shock value now. Um. Yeah. I mean, like he uh. He'll like he's 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 an anti-masker. Uh he he's ap- he he openly uses the word retard uh on yep. his on his profile and he's just awesome. he, he's just generally a uh like you said, he's just a turd. And like but like that's his thing now and like that's yeah. what that's what keeps him relevant.
1: Yeah, he's just a retired baseball troll, yeah. I guess. Um yeah, no, you know, just a quick kind of uh, you know, side note about um Aubrey Huff. Uh, I think kind of when he kind of um, came on the scene like as this as this um, alt-right troll or whatever you want to call him um, he was uh, criticizing uh, the protesters I think the like anti-Trump protesters basically saying like the people needed to go home and get a job or whatever mm-hmm. like why, what are they protesting in the daytime for they should be at work even though like you know they had a victory parade for his championship, uh, giants during the day, uh, <laughs> where, you know, thousands of people were out in the streets of San Francisco. Um, and right around that time, like that was bad enough. That was, that's pr- pretty vanilla, I would say compared to some of the stuff that he said since then. Um, but it was funny because he had a book, he had like a baseball book coming out at that time. And, uh, part of the backlash of that, uh, say what you will about can- cancel culture, I guess. But people people went to Amazon and gave his book, like, zero star reviews and just said, like, this is the worst book ever. Like, don't buy this book. And that's kind of how they, like – that was, like, the first shots across the bow in, in the uh, battle between Aubrey Huff and the world, I guess. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, so, I, I, yeah, that's def- definitely a, a complete butt uh, of a person. Um yeah, these are really good. These are really good, Jack. Um, uh, Bryce Harper is just generally um, an a unpleasant guy, and he almost made it into one of my lists as well. He was on my list of choices for sure. Uh, Papal bag, you got um, who? By all me, by like all uh, accounts, seems to be a bag, uh, a, a, a d bag, yes, or um, or a, or a, a scrotum. Uh, depending on what bag you, you want to look at there. But, um, and Sean Doolittle is, a is a evolved, enlightened, uh, you know, uh, thoughtful guy who, who seems to kind of, you know, hopefully in the end will be on the right side of history on everything, <laughs> um, on a lot of the stances he's taken. Um, so this is a definitely interesting bubble. I will say like, just to comment on your, on your bubble, Jack, with the announcer, uh, group, um, you almost like would feel bad for like Len Casper in that group of miscreants, <laughs> um, and uh, you know I would almost feel bad for Sean Doolittle in this in this group because I don't think Ricky would be would be phased by anything going on like that's said in the group because he's just too in his own head. But like I feel like for Sean Doolittle's sake, I would I would try to break him free just so he w- didn't have to be stuck in a bubble with Aubrey Huff
0: yeah so. I, I was going to say Jeremy uh there uh you know the interactions between like Aubrey Huff and Sean Doolittle would be uh would be pretty interesting I think yes. um yeah. you know I have no doubt that Aubrey Huff would probably call Sean Doolittle a cuck at some point um Absolutely. you know and you know different words would be would be exchanged uh so yeah I think just to see like those two like butt heads could be pretty interesting um, yeah, absolutely. I think that Bryce Harper and Jonathan Papelbon like may actually, once again, like get in some physical violence with each other.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. That's of course the uh, Papelbon would choke, uh, Bryce Harper or was it the other way around? I can't remember. Uh,
0: yeah, I think it was Papelbon who choked Bryce Harper if I, if I right. remember correctly. But what's sad about that is that it's believable that either one of those guys would have choked the other guy.
1: For sure. Yeah, Absolutely. Um. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. Well. We. I can give my final thoughts here. Um. Uh. But. Uh, do you. Uh. Let's see. Who wants to. Who should we go. Who should go first in picking their final. Do you want to just go first, Jack. Uh.
0: Yes. Uh. Yes. I do.
1: Um. All right, so. Do you need me to recap. Let's. Let's do a real quick recap of the. Of the three bubbles. Okay. So bubble number one. You got Fernando Tatis, Javi Baez, Jessica Mendoza, Joe West, and Chris Woodward. Okay. Uh. Bubble number two. You got Jim Tomy, Babe Ruth. Christian Yelich, Trevor Bauer, and Clint Hurdle. Yikes! Uh, bubble number three. You have Hawk Harrelson, Len Casper, Tom Brenneman, Mark Grace, and Eric Estrada. Jack, which bubble will you willingly choose to put yourself into for the baseball playoffs?
0: Um. Uh. You know, Jeremy. Uh. That's a. That's a good question, and I think I'm gonna go with. Uh. Oh, man, I have to go with my first instinct here. I was gonna say bubble number one, dude.
1: Really bubble number 1.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh yeah, it was a, it was a close um it was a close close one between 1 and 3, but uh but I think I got I got to choose, I got to choose bubble number 1.
1: Wow, truly surprising, Jack. Um could it be because uh bubble number 1 has the only f- uh, female uh option of uh, of the three bubbles? Who knows. Um <laughs> I thought uh I thought Joe West and and a combination of Joe West and Javi Baez, Jack would would make this an automatic skip for you uh but uh very interesting tell me tell me your thoughts tell me why you chose this bubble
0: well uh jeremy I- i'll say this um i uh <laughs> first of all i'm a big fan of, of hate watching things um okay. so that's one of the reasons i love to watch javi baez because like i'll watch something and i'll just be like you know this isn't that fucking remarkable you know <laughs> um kind of
1: like with me and true blood
0: <laughs> okay, okay. I've uh n- yeah, never seen True Blood, but uh doesn't doesn't seem like it would be my bag. Um and I I will admit, Jeremy, that I uh that I I actually do think Joe West is like funny. I don't ever I don't ever agree with uh with anything he does, but like as I've said before, like I think the game needs like people like Joe West. Like the game the game needs assholes as much as it needs like uh You know, guys like Fernando Tatis who are like, uh, you know, Fernando Tatis and Javi Baez um, and guys who are like these exciting players who like don't give a shit about like, you know, pimping home runs and they don't care about the unwritten rules. And, you know, maybe they celebrate a little too much and it rubs people the wrong way. Um, You know, and I think I think the game needs uh, flashy guys like that as much as as much as it needs um, or as, as much as it needs like irascible guys like Joe yeah. West and and Chris Woodward. Um I think that's part of what makes baseball interesting. Um and it's also interesting too that like guys who, you know, may at one time have been like rookies and like flashier players uh will turn into these like, you know, crusty old like baseball guys. Like Chris Wood Chris Woodward isn't even that old, but now he's like, you yeah. know, now he's policing Um, the unwritten rules of baseball. So like, yeah,
1: I'm sure based on just his age, people could have said like, he's part of like the new school of baseball managers, but, um, he certainly doesn't have the opinions of one. (laughs) No,
0: no. Um, so I think there's that dynamic alone. Like you've got these two, these two, um, these two flashy, uh, star players with these two like crusty, um, fucking like assholes. Uh, I think that's like a funny dynamic and I think it would be an entertaining dynamic. Uh, And yeah, uh, you know, as we've said, I I met Jessica Mendoza one time, and it was cool, and she seemed like a nice she seemed like a nice person. So uh, hey, you know, throw me into bubble number one.
1: All right, Jack, very very nice. Um, uh, yeah, good choice. Um, all right, so uh, that will that'll put me uh, on the spot, Jack. Do you want to recap your bubbles real quick?
0: So bubble number one: Babe Ruth, Madison Bumgarner, Carlos Gomez, Yadier Molina, and John Lackey. Bubble number two: Sammy Sosa, Lenny Dykstra, Zach Granke, Bud Norris, and Scooter Jennett. And bubble number three: Ricky Henderson, Aubrey Huff, Bryce Harper, Jonathan Papelbon, and Sean Doolittle.
1: Oh man, yeah, Jack, this is um, this is good, and I truly, I truly do not know who I, I want to pick. I'm going to have to w- walk uh, and talk through this a little bit. I, I almost, I want to say bubble number three so bad just because of Ricky, but given Aubrey Huff, I think I. Um, Jack, I'll do th- go. I'll do a little side side story here. I, I went to Jewel yesterday for the first time. So okay. I went to the grocery store for the first time in the pandemic, Jack. Okay. Um, and um, immediately when I went into the produce section, there was this like slovenly older lady walking around with absolutely no mask. Oh okay. God. Okay. Um, and and you know, like when you're if, when you go shopping at a grocery store and you see someone in the produce section at the very beginning, you know, you're going to see them throughout the whole goddamn store. Oh yeah. You know, you'll, you'll bump into them like three, four more times. Um, and that was immediate. like I've avoided going to a, a Jew, ju- uh, like a grocery store for six months because of this very reason. And the second I walk into a grocery store, I see someone without a mask. So I'm like, I, I, and so I, and like, and then another guy was like pushing into me, like with his, he was like, he got right next to me in the checkout line. Another guy was walking around with his nose hanging out of the mask. So like, I, um, and I, I kind of like self-counseled myself and I said, Jeremy, the only reason, the only way to, to, to deal with this is to just not go back to the grocery store, go back to what you were doing for the last six months, because you're just going to get pissed. And it's just, the only solution is to remove yourself from the scenario. So I feel like I would have to remove myself from bubble number three for that very reason. I just, I don't think I could be around, uh, Aubrey Huff and even throw Jonathan Papelbon into that mix despite the virtues of Ricky Henderson and Sean Doolittle. So I think I got to throw bubble number three out just on face value just like on that alone. Okay. Uh, which is tough. It's just tough because then it, it does not leave me with any better choices <laughs> honestly. Um, this is this is such a bummer man. Um, I think that Man, how am I how am I I'm looking at one and I'm I'm going I'm like I wanna i I'm gonna say yes and I'm like I'm like, how do I pick this one? But I, I have to go with bubble number two, Jack.
0: Okay. I like it, Jeremy. Sosa,
1: Dykstra, Granky, Norris, and Jeanette. I don't know how I'm picking this bubble, but that's just like what my that's just like what my instincts are leading me to. I mean, I think like I think the mixture of Sosa, Dykstra and Granky could be interesting. Um as 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 much as it could be horrible, it could also be weird and interesting, and maybe and maybe even a, a little bit of fun. Um, Bud Norris, I think like I don't know, man. Maybe like if you if you if you you know shotgun a beer with him, maybe he would be like, "All right, you're okay. Like you know, you're part of the team now or something." <laughs> like, so maybe like maybe I could curry favor with him, and then Scooter Jeanette, like um, I again. <laughs> I don't think he's even worth <laughs> talking about. Um, you know, uh, I'll, I'll tell him, I'll ask him to, I'll like, you know, soap up the bottom of the tub and then tell him to go take a shower and he can maybe injure himself on the soap dish again. Um, <laughs> so I, that's, I don't know why, but that's, that's, that's the one I'm going with. But I don't feel good about that pick at all. Sure. I, I, yeah, I just don't, <laughs> I don't feel good about any of these picks, but that's what I'm going with is bubble number two, Jack.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, I Jeremy, I think that was the best uh I think that was like the best arrangement of guys that I made up. It was the most it was definitely the most interesting. Um yeah, so sure. uh and what's 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 funny is that essentially it was like uh you know, you're you're just getting interesting out of four out of the five guys because it's like, you know, Scooter Scooter Jeanette was <laughs> completely disregarded by you both times you uh both times we did this. So I like it. It's like almost like having a non-entity there. Um yeah. So uh so yeah, Jeremy, okay, yeah, that's a good that's a good choice um, and yeah Jeremy I'll say your third bubble too like that you gave me that was a really tough one to tough one to choose to to you know to not to not pick but uh but yeah I uh, I had to go with it so I th- uh, number one so yeah I think I think this was a pretty good exercise Jeremy yeah
1: yeah this was this was fun um, even though I don't feel good <laughs> uh, but <laughs> it was fun I think group three Jack I mean I I maybe would have picked group three out of mine but It would be goddamn exhausting, I think, at the end, because Eric Estrada, like, after being in the bubble for, like, a day, he would, like, he would be speaking on on everyone, like, like, exactly like how you ran it down. Um, You know, he would have, he would have assigned a role for himself with all (laughs) those, those people in the bubble, so, like... You know it, it, it would be exhausting uh, so I, I, I feel you on skipping that one so uh, yeah some interesting choices for sure yeah um, and yeah
0: Jeremy also like Eric Estrada would have no idea what he was doing there but he also wouldn't care like you know it's like yeah, yeah. He had you know like when you watch that clip it's like he doesn't even understand that there's a baseball game happening here no. Um, no. Uh yeah. So uh so so uh yeah, this is um this was good stuff Jeremy. I'm uh, I'm glad we did this and you know, I think this is something that the real players are going to need to think about when they uh when they bubble up uh, uh this coming this coming month.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um and um yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it how it all wraps up. Um they are starting to talk about magic numbers now and um I think the Cubs magic number is like down to nine or ten or something yeah it was
0: down to nine so they needed a you know whatever combination of uh cubs wins and brewers losses
1: okay um and uh there was a final earlier uh with the brewers but uh brewers did win tonight so nothing coming off there but um yeah what but what we're saying is that the uh, season is winding down and um it'll still be winding down uh for the next episode but um it'll be a lot uh closer to the end and uh it's uh getting interesting and um yeah it really is like anything can happen in that first round uh, best of three series so like um you could have a great damn season and then be gone after two games so who knows uh it'll be interesting uh and weird and that's kind of what this whole baseball season and this whole year has been like so um we uh keep marching on uh blindly and uh foolishly, but marching on the nonetheless, I guess.
0: All right. Uh, so for rain delay theater, I'm Jack Swakowski, and I'm Jeremy Dinisio. We'll see you next time.